Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of Live Healthy, and this is the Live Healthy podcast. Each week we interview health and wellness leaders and talk about all the things that are good for you, which you can also read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women in the UAE. Today I'm speaking with Simon Dunn, the co-founder of the Lighthouse Retreat in Ras al-Khaimah. This is the Middle East's first year-round holistic wellness and detox retreat. I've been there for a day and it was pure bliss. Simon and I talk about what burnout feels like, his own personal story, and why so many of us who are living on the edge really do need a break. Hi, Simon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How how about yourself? I'm good. Um, Are you at the retreat right now? I am. I'm in our office and our little cocoon space in the retreat. So it's not the the outside in the the open air, but in the office, as as some of us, we we need to be every now and again. So is this the the only full-time retreat in the UAE? Uh, It is. So we're the only full-time what we would call holistic wellness retreat. There are a few other retreats which more have a more medical focus, uh, but we're the only one that runs full time. We have a program that runs seven days a week and it has a holistic wellness uh, focus, uh, similar to other retreats sort of in Asia. Why, uh, why did you do this? Why does, the, why does the Middle East need this? Well, first of all, about five years ago, my wife and I, both working really hard in corporate, um, extremely burnt out, very tired, very stressed, uh, not very well, it turned out, <laughs> it turned out to be. Um, and we, we needed to find a way to course correct and, and, and get ourselves where we needed to be. So my wife went to a wellness retreat first in Thailand. Uh, I went second. Uh, but in the space of the next 18 months, we went three or four times to different ones. Mm. Um, it was a huge sort of uh, spark for us, really. Um, you, some would say maybe an awakening, but that's a, you know, that's a strong word. But it was a case of, you know, it, you know, we were really, really stressed, really didn't know what to do with uh, ourselves. And it allowed us to bring ourselves back from the brink of sort of implosion, so to speak. Um, and then when we went, we understood Actually, there are places like this that focus on uh, a journey, a wellness journey that allows you to really focus on yourself and work on yourself in terms of a holistic standpoint. So it could be, you know, some people go for these things just for purely stress or tiredness or relationships or just chaos, you know, everything, uh, health. Um, so it's really interesting that, you know, these, uh, these places give you uh, a freedom and a sanctuary to sort of work on yourself you know, feel well uh, and reset and restart. And I think reset, uh, you know, sort of a mental and physical reset is probably the best description for it. So when we went, it was at, you know, this, this, this sort of spark to see that what we could do, but then it was, you know, we understood a lot of people from the Middle East region were going to retreats in Asia. And it was a case of obviously to go to these wonderful places, you need to get on a plane, which 
for most of us living in the Middle East is, is quite normal. However, you know, practicality wise and cost wise, uh, it's not always possible, especially, you know, modern day life, families, husbands, wives, children, mortgages, work, you know, that all gets in the way. So it's, you know, if we thought, you know, if we could bring our favorite elements of different retreats that we've experienced uh, into somewhere where people could experience it in a more local setting and to give people the opportunity that, you know, sometimes people don't have a week or 10 days to spend. Um, so even if it's like two, three days, four days, locally, they don't have to get on a plane, they don't lose a day's travel either end. Um, and that was really the, the, the idea of, you know, if we could present something that would help people course correct and affect them in a positive light that we felt that we had, and we, we, wanted, to, we wanted to try and do that. So when you say that you, you weren't feeling, well, you weren't feeling great, you were burnt out, but you said you also weren't well. So just walk me through, right. like, how did you actually so, feel? How did that manifest? So no, yeah, I was actually uh, unwell. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a common uh, uh, phrase that people use, you know, dis-ease. Dis <laughs> Obviously, it becomes shortened to disease. But at the time, I was about 16 or 17 kilos heavier. Than I am now. Uh, uh, I had asthma since birth, but my asthma wasn't under control. I had just been diagnosed with extreme hypertension at 37. Uh, my blood pressure was 200 over 130. Uh, the doctors actually, the hospital said if I was any other age, they wouldn't let me leave the building. Um, so, you know, and when you're sort of in your late 30s, early 40s, these sort of markers of going, you know, uh, this it shouldn't be this way or people always ask the question is this it <laughs> is this is this uh is this what we're working towards and um i was on a, a lot of medication at the time um for my asthma my blood pressure a number of things and you know you feel uh, it's difficult to describe but you feel sort of in a in a haze uh and work and life all blurs into a barn uh, you know, you're always tired, you might be getting sick quite often. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, it's a real, you know, you find yourself in a, in a bit of uh, a rut. Uh, but for me, medically and, and health-wise, there were some issues that I really needed to tackle. Um, and thankfully, the weight has improved. It's still not where it needs to be. We're all on, on this wellness journey, as always. There's some ups and downs, but that, you know, that's part of life as well. Uh, my blood pressure is... Uh, much much better i've actually for, i've gone at one stage i was on seven or eight tablets a day i'm currently on uh in terms of medicine medicine zero i do take some holistic ayurvedic medicines uh but those are all herbal um i still have a little blue inhaler for my asthma and a number of other things um but you know i think all the medication that we're on as we grow older in life, especially from the Western side of medication, we have all these medications, these interactions, and it becomes more and more things on top of each other. So it was actually uh, really nice to me to feel to start removing the layers of medication, um, trying to get fitter and healthier in myself. I'm now a fully qualified yoga instructor as well, from which was the, the, the Kickstarter was from my, my own wellness journey. Um, so and there's other elements of there that, you know, that comes along with, with being on wellness journeys in yourself and understanding sort of where you were and where you want to be. 
So you talked about being in a haze emotionally. How would you describe how you were feeling and, and how you've sort of made that arc? That, that's a, a difficult thing to, you know, what men are terrible at answering emotional questions as well as we are. Uh, you know, uh, women are much better and more in tune, but in, in case of men, and this was a, one of the things as well, being a man, um, one of the other elements I went actually to the retreat, uh, I forgot to mention, was that I, I lost my father a number of years ago. And again, being a man, I wasn't very good at um, dealing with pain and grief uh, and talking about things and feelings. So uh, I, the first retreat I went to, I, I managed to talk to um, someone who's doing some really good stuff with NLP. Uh, and I did two or three sessions there. And then that was really good because it allowed me to talk about my father without crying in the corner, which that happens every now and again. But, you know, there's, there's things that we, but in, in the emotional side, uh, yeah, you're sort of all over the place. Uh, you know, um, we'll, make, we'll get onto this in a little bit, but my wife and I, my wife is the other co-founder for the retreat. We both uh, played uh, high-end sport, so either professionally or full international. So my wife played full international volleyball for Great Britain in England, uh, and I was a professional golfer. And I represented my country as well, but played on tour competitively. So I didn't teach, but I was uh, uh, on tour. And, you know, when you're training and you're learning to compete, there's a certain aspect in terms of training harder, working to a, a, tra a training regime. You know your peak times for performance in terms of competition, etc. However, you know, we did sports science degrees. We understand about, you know, diet and physiology and fitness. But when you actually get into the core of, you know, your midlife and work and stress and all that sort of stuff, when that background is like, well, you, you're, it's difficult to understand because you, you're training and all you've been taught is like work harder, work better. You know, you need to push through. Uh, it's, it's about training, right? Uh, and actually, you get to a point now where it's actually you don't need to, you shouldn't be working harder. You need to stop reset and then reassess and actually understand what's really important make changes in your habits and your behaviors in your routines in your diets all these sort of things and it's a uh, you know and but yeah you mentally you're you're you do get to a, you think you're in a cul-de-sac you're in a cave you're not going anywhere okay so you both went through these transformations basically and I think for a lot of people who are where you were, that just seems completely overwhelming, right? Like it's just so much change that needs to happen that you can't even wrap your head around. Did you, in, when you went to the retreat in Thailand, were you intending to change your life or were you just like, something's got to give? Cause you both decided to do it at different times. We did. Uh, my wife, Laura went first. Um, she says I banned her and, you know, banished her to go and do it, but that's a total lie. She just uses that for, uh, for antidote. But um, uh, no, it was a case of it was, uh, I think when we first went, it was about self-preservation. Uh, and it's not necessarily we're that far down a line, but, you, you know, you're getting really burnt out, taking time off work for stress, uh, you know, and then these type of things are not well understood within the workplace as well. It's a case of what you mean you need your, you need time off for, um, you know, so it's, it's not, 
and it's again culturally it's it's not well understood either so but we we sorry i forgot what the question was i went down a rabbit hole and i can't remember where we were <laughs> oh yeah that's okay we can edit it out um you know, for someone who's in that place, it just seems so overwhelming to change your life. Now it's, you've done this over a period of time, right? But what would your sort of, how would you describe, what should they do? Yeah, it was, it was baby steps. And like I said, we originally went for self-preservation individually. We've actually never gone to the retreats together uh, because quite often it's a personal journey, but you want to be able to not have to worry about anyone else. Uh, we, have, we have guests that come to the retreat individually or with their partners, uh, and that's both great. Quite often, though, it's a personal journey of, you know, I need to work on myself individually without having to worry or anything else. But, yeah, it's it's not about it's it's that first step is always sometimes the hardest understanding, you know, um, that either, you know, that you want to work on yourself. And it's not like uh, people are completely broken and they only come to this when they're at the bottom. It's people, people come to retreats at all, all different areas of their times and lives. We just particularly found it when it was a particularly hard time, you know, uh, physically, emotionally, all that sort of stuff. But it's, yeah, you, you chip away at it. And it's, uh, you know, we went the first time. It was an amazing experience. We have photos of before and after of our outlook of what we look like, just a physical sort of headshot. And it's, it's two different people. Uh, uh, the look in, in your face, the way your skin looks, the, the way your eyes look. Um, and, you know, and then, but, you know, you, you, you might go the first time for one reason and then you go another time for another reason, uh, but you're sort of chipping away. And it's, again, you, it can be overwhelming. So, right, okay, I am here and I want to be all the way over there. You know, not everyone can be, you know, I want to be a George Clooney or Brad Pitt or, you know, the female equivalent is something that's not achievable. However, I think that internal balance of trying to find uh, a place of happiness and serenity within the balance of modern life and work, I think it's just sometimes you just got to go for it and then you just have to do it one step at a time. It's, you know, it's an old cliche, but it's, you know, you chip away at it. And then if you go to the right people and immerse yourselves in the right uh areas and locations and those things help you try and find some sense of balance so when you went to put together when you got the idea to do a retreat here and what what was important for you to include what what how did you build the because because first of all you, every day is different like the seven days a week you have a Correct. different sort of experience and sometimes there's hiking and sometimes there's yoga, sometimes there's Reiki. So how did you, how did you decide what to choose and how do you balance it? Well, in terms of the location, uh, we wanted to create a sanctuary, somewhere where it's sort of away from the hustle and bustle. Uh, quite often when you're on a wellness journey like this, you need to get, you need to get out of your comfort zone of your surroundings because you can sometimes be challenged. And some people, if it's too close to home, they'll just run away. It's not to say that, uh, you know, this is difficult, but sometimes when you, when you realize you've got to challenge yourself and you've got to do a little bit of effort, uh, it, it's if you, you need to be, you need to go on that journey as opposed to just leaving, going from home, because it, it's, it, I think you, you need to make that concerted effort. So we're close enough, but far enough away from sort of the main, uh, metropolises of Dubai and Abu Dhabi and then regionally 
obviously people we've had a lot of guests from Saudi Arabia and Bahrain that sort of thing um, so uh, we're close enough but far enough away we wanted a location that was very much based in nature so we hope to welcome you very soon you'll see our first outlet for our yoga sala is right on the waterfront so we are seafront we have turtles and stingrays in the lagoon which is tidal we go out paddle boarding in the water um, we're actually in the mountains this morning um, and it was quite cool the mountains we're up in the mountains there was no one else there we had a bit of haze so we actually had it almost looked like uh, like fog drifting mm -hmm. over the mountains. It was very serene, very beautiful. Um, so it's important for us as well to try and get out into nature as much, much as possible. Uh, to ground ourselves in nature, we, uh, we don't necessarily have a barefoot policy in the retreat, but we do invite everyone to take their shoes and socks off, take their flip-flops off, get your feet on the ground, ground yourself in nature, and give yourself an opportunity to unplug. We're, we're so connected in the modern world um, in terms of work, life, all of that, that it's very, some people find it very, very difficult to, um, to do that, to make that jump to unplug. So uh, we've we tried to create a, a really homely atmosphere. Uh, we could have made it all steel and glass and really posh, but that wasn't our concept at all. Um, you know, we've had a number of people when we first opened who suffered with uh, insomnia. And then we were doing the first few sessions in the first few weeks. And we're like, where is this person? Because we're just about to start the session and they're asleep on the sofa. <laughs> because it's the first time they've, they've felt uh, a safe comfort area that they can just literally just go, you know, and some people when they, they literally just drop because they're, they're, they're so much fighting their natural instinct that, you know, they're, they're, they've, they've come to this place and they, get, they just open up and they just drop. And we've had a number of people like that. And we just say, right, if they want to sleep, let them sleep because they need it. So it's okay. <laughs> uh, men, women, and what kind, you know, what kind of jobs and what, what are you seeing? Uh, majority of our guests at the moment are, are female, probably 95%. Uh, I think uh, similar retreats in Asia, you're probably looking 60, 40 in terms of female to male. Uh, I, it's, it's interesting in terms of we are seeing more men coming but I think uh, as I said before the guys are not necessarily as in tune uh, and need more convincing in themselves or by others that they want to do something uh, positive because guys invariably if, you know if they want to make a change right I'm going to go to the gym I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to get fit, I'm going to get big, bulk, bulky, and we have a six-pack. Um, instead of trying to look at, you know, you know, mentally, emotionally, where, where's the state of, of that? How's their mind? How's, how's their outlook? Uh, and then, because women are much more in tune with that than understand generally. It's again, we're sweeping generally. Sweeping generally. <laughs> what do you say to men who are, because I have, you know, there's so many men in my life and I think everywhere who are just struggling with this, struggling with seeing it as weakness. You know, you've been through this. What do you, what do you say to them? Um, yeah, that's an interesting point. I think it's not about, you know, it's the old adage of, you know, men are macho, you know, 
they, they've always got to be the strong ones, although, you know, obviously that's changing very much now. I think invariably uh, men and women, depending on the situations, both situations all sometimes feel that they need to be the strong ones in, at home, in their relationships, at work, depending, you know. Uh, they need to be the ones that holds everything up and they need to be the pillars of, of continuity. And I think, you know, where it's... Um, I think you have to be able to just come and experience something and not leave because some people some some people not necessarily always come to us but obviously retreats around the world um, you'll find people that go to these retreats once they go they say right I know exactly what what I need to do but I need to come here periodically because this is my reset so this allows me to escape Escape's the wrong word. This allows me to reset and find balance within my situation. And I need to do this periodically to keep my balance okay. and to keep my, to keep my stuff together. Okay. Um, you know, you can go on holiday. You can see it as a holiday. You can see it as something to do together with a family. Um, I was recently at, a, at an Ayurveda retreat in uh, Sri Lanka and the number of couples were doing it together, but they did it every year, every other year. And that was their their elements of finding their balance mm. and finding their. But in, in terms of the the obviously male and female, but most of our guests are uh, working professionals, uh, management, C level. Um, you know, they're you know they're they're generally working but high-end high working professionals, uh, they're under a lot of stress, they have a lot of commitments, but then um, they also realize quite often that they can do things proactively about what they need to do. But we have a, we have a, a, a real mix, uh, you know, we have, it's probably, I'd say, age-wise between 30 and 45, mostly, 30 to 50. We have some people in the 20s, some people in the 50s and 60s, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, most of the people that come to us understand or have sort of sought us out, so to speak. They want to do something proactively. You mentioned if you if you were too close to Abu Dhabi or Dubai, some people might flee. And I'm very familiar with this feeling. I've done a lot of, you know, as the editor of Live Healthy, and I've always been interested in health and wellness. I've done a lot of new things, and I just did. Um, like an ice bath breathing combination on Sunday night, which I've done multiple times before, but this was a long one. This was like a, you know, a, an advanced one. And the same thing beset me as I went to do it, where I thought, I don't, I don't want to do this. This is too long. Why did I do this tonight? This is ridiculous. Like, I don't need to do this. What's going to happen if I breathe this long? I like, I'm not going to be near my phone the whole time. And I had all these crazy thoughts of this thing that I knew at the end, I would feel amazing. Like I have full evidence of my own experience, but when you mentioned people fleeing, like what, what do you think is going on? And have you have had those reactions when you've tried some of these new therapies? Uh, for sure. It's my personal experience again. Uh, being a man, I'm actually a very tall man as well. So I'm, I'm six foot seven. Ooh. So I stick out like a sore thumb. So it, I've, uh, my, my background has always been to, you know, try myself as small as possible. Don't stand out from the crowd. Um, so 
doing something called ecstatic dance, I find extremely difficult. Ecstatic dance is basically where you you uh, you dance uncontrollably in front of strangers and let everything go. And means most, that just I think most people would find that difficult. <laughs> but it, it reminds me of being at school again, as the you know the really tall geeky teenager that no one wants to dance to because I'm too tall. But you know stuff like that. Uh, ecstatic dance was one that I found uh, a challenge. Uh, I found uh, um, we did a session here called art therapy that I actually found really tricky. Um, you sit down and start painting in a, in a circle, but I'm like, I'm, I, I, uh, creative wise, I love music and I like to, to play music, but in terms of drawing and painting, absolute blank, no idea. So much so that I once went to um, one of those cafes with my family, you know, when you can, you can do your own pottery and paint it, stuff like that. Right. And then it came at the end uh, and we got the stuff and they said, oh, your son did very well. He said, no, it was me. <laughs> it was like this. And he, Tommy was like three at the time because it was just I was trying to make a cup <laughs> you know, uh, in that way. But uh, I think uh, things wider than that, um, I totally understand that, again, uh, we've all learned to build up barriers for our own self-preservation. And sometimes, sometimes things can be a real challenge in terms of people being being allowing themselves to let go. We don't, we never pressurize anybody to do anything here, uh, and there's never anything really that we think we would uh, is is uh, is too much. But you know, um, some people when when we go to the mountains, they have they're not very good with heights, so then we we do something different. Yep. You know, we have. Um, We've sometimes when we uh, do the fire and ice, because we do fire and ice here as well, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, we talk them through it and we lead them through it, but it's, uh, it's just invariably when we do fire and ice, it's the guys that are the, the real, the guys that won't, won't do the ice, they'll refuse to do it. Uh, and 95% uh, and of all the ladies knock it out of the park because they're just like, no, I'll do it. Uh, and, but you know, it's the, sometimes it's you know it's uh it's and some would say it's an ego thing but i think invariably if you're open to as many experiences and learnings as possible i think it can only be a positive uh, aspect in terms of um, outcomes so walk us through like a typical day at the at the lighthouse retreat sure so um, so we our schedule runs seven days a week we have a different schedule every day although we do have certain elements that have continuity throughout so we will try to make sure that we have yoga as part of the retreat every day we will try on most days to have reiki healing as part of our retreat as well we have a really strong uh reiki uh philosophy within our retreat we have four reiki masters on staff um, what we try and do is uh, our guests arrive at seven in the morning uh, and the schedule runs all the way till six in the evening. We have higher intensity activities in the morning. So it could be go for a walk in the mountains. We'll do a fitness session, like a, a traditional hit or circuit session. Again, based on the fit on the fitness level and, and uh, engagement level of the people that are with us. Well, so that's in the morning, higher, higher level uh, to, you know, to set that standard for your metabolism, bring that up, get the heart racing, get a bit of little blood pumping. That isn't to say we are not a boot camp at all. <laughs> it's not what we do. Um, so that, but that's the first thing in the morning. Uh, and then we'll have uh, uh, healing uh, sessions. Um, 
and interactive sessions through the day and ending with our most uh, healing and restorative sessions in the evening. So we're trying to obviously build you up in the morning, plateau, and then when you're finished with us, you're ready to go home, go home, go to your apartment, go to your hotel, crash. Um, people sometimes feel they need some extra rest when they're with us. Other people feel completely vitalized um, because they're doing things. So, but we so we have breakfast, lunch, and dinner as well provided as part of the retreat in different areas. We do a slightly later breakfast and an earlier dinner, so that way our guests are actually doing intermittent fasting, sixteen and eight. Uh, intermittent fasting so breakfast not is not till after 10 o'clock uh, but then dinners at 5 30 we have two main food programs we have our, what we call our plant power program which is mostly raw vegan uh, food breakfast lunch and dinner there are uh, a few cooked elements in there but mostly raw and then we also have a juicing program so the juicing program is smoothies juices and um, soups so uh we try and have our standard, our guests come in on the plant power program, unless they are experienced fasters or retreaters. Only reason is because we still have a fairly high level of activity. If we're doing a bit of fitness, if we're going for a walk in the mountains, uh, we're going, we go up on the paddle boards as we're right on the waterfront, we go on the paddle boards a couple of times a week. You know, if we're doing hit yoga on the paddle boards or just going for a paddle, um, you know, you still need a certain level of, uh, of, um, of calories in there. So we have worked with uh, a number of uh, nutritional uh, support services as well to get our food where we need to be in terms of our calories and expectations. But uh, it's the, we've tried to make each day have a slightly different flavor. So it's not a case of there's, you don't get too much of the same, but then you get the, depending how many days you come, of course, if you were with us for two to three or four days, the sum of the four days gives you a rounded experience. So you might do a bit more of something on one day and a bit more of something else on the other. So but, do people uh, come, uh, oh, sorry. That's right. A minimum stay for us is two days. So our guests come for at least two days. Okay. Uh, our longest stay guest at the moment uh, was 11 weeks. So uh, last year we had a lady uh, uh, join us for 11 weeks. Uh, <laughs> so it's a huge transformation. Wow. If you have the ability to stay for 11 weeks, but, but most, of our, most of our guests between, you know, like three and five days. Okay. Okay. So it's not just a day long thing. And are you looking at expanding this concept into the Middle East, do you think? Uh, sure. We, well, Middle East is one, but we have... Uh, we have aspirations for a potential retreat in Zanzibar uh, and a potential retreat near the Bali and Lombok. Lombok is the island next to Bali. Um, we have we've had some active discussions already on some of those ideas, uh, and actually we're we're discussing uh, at the moment a, a possible collaboration with uh, an entity in Saudi Arabia as well. Okay. Well, the Lighthouse Retreat is open and ready to help people calm down and transform. And don't be scared, right? If you come. <laughs> no, it's, you know, you don't, you, don't, you don't have to be in a, in a poor situation to join us. That's not, we're not trying to paint that picture. A lot, of, a lot of our guests, you know, they come because they want the really cool experiences. It's not as if they need to be fixed. Um, I think from 
uh, my experience and my wife's experience, we we were not in a great place, but that helped us on our journey. Uh, so it's it, just to check we weren't getting on the wrong end of the stick in terms of people coming to us. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for telling us all about it. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the Live Healthy Podcast.